Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Wednesday, December 15th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes, and this will be the only podcast today not talking about Steph Curry breaking the NBA's uh, three-point record, I think. Uh, we'll be the only one. It's uh, the talk of the sports world, I guess, this morning. But uh, as, as we look at uh, another one of our uh, Guardians' top prospects who were added to the 40-man roster, uh, early, uh, later, uh, earlier last month, uh, Brian Lavastida, uh, converted catcher, who's uh, you know his hit his hit tool is probably his his best feature. Uh, still learning sort of the game behind the plate, but uh, he looks to be uh, sort of the next in line in, in the uh, the the pipeline to the majors in terms of catchers for uh, for Cleveland. Yeah, definitely, Joe. Uh... You know, this, he was a 15th round pick in 2018, uh, received a $175,000 bonus to sign out of a Hillsboro Community College in Florida, where he, you know, was a third baseman and kind of made the, started to make the conversion to catcher. Um, and right now he's, they've only got two catchers on the, on the uh, 40 man and it's uh, him and, uh, you know, Austin Hedges. So, uh, He's not, he's, he's, he's not a phone. He's, he's more than, he's closer than a phone call away. I think. Right. Before we get into, uh, sort of digging into Lavastida, uh, let's talk about that catching situation. Obviously Cleveland let, uh, Roberto Perez walk away. Uh, they did not pick up his option. Uh, I believe it was a $7 million option. Uh, and this is a two-time gold glove, uh, catcher that we know that the organization loved. We know that that Tito loved the way that that uh, Perez handled the the pitching staff behind the plate, uh, but bringing in Hedges uh, with the Mike Clevenger trade back in 2020, I think a lot of us sort of looked at that move and were a little bit surprised by it, uh, knowing that they had had Perez for for two more years after that at the time, but in in Hedges' short time with the club, uh, he's really developed into somebody who who really sort of fits with Cleveland, not just, uh, not just a, a guy who could be a backup or whatever. He, he really sort of fit and, and had the opportunity to play in, in 2021. Yeah, definitely, Joe. Uh, he, um, you know, I think, uh, 
the key thing with Hedges is he he stayed out he stayed healthy and uh, really got a chance uh, to uh, step in for Perez, who you know was hurt for the second straight year. He caught I think he caught eighty eight games. Uh, the question is, uh, can can he be a frontline catcher? You know, he's I think the le- he's the maximum he's caught in his career is probably 120 games in one season. That was with, you know, the Padres a few years ago. So, you know, how are the, you know, they really have to shore up this depth, I think at, at this position. Right. And, and that might involve, you know, signing somebody or going out and, and, and making a trade to bring in uh, another a major league guy to, to sort of be a stopgap uh, before Lavastida is ready. Yeah, and they, you know, they did. They signed Sandy Sandy Leone. He's on a minor league deal coming to camp, but you know, Joe, I'm already sick of watching Sandy Leone swing, and I haven't seen him swing this. He hasn't swung a bat this season. I, I saw enough of him in 2020. If this is, you know, if this is what what we're in store for, I guess you know, you, you just kind of grind through that. Uh, you know, he's a, he's a good defensive catcher. He can throw. He handles the staff well. Um, but, uh, you know, there's a lot of swing and miss between Hedges and Leon if those are the two catchers right now. Right. I, I think Leon is down in uh, – he's playing winter ball somewhere right now. We keep getting updates. And there's a lot of offers in the, uh, in the box score with, uh, with Sandy Leon. So, we'll, uh, we'll see if that's sort of – they're not able to swing some sort of deal uh, somewhere else and, and, and pick up a catcher uh, to add to the, to the major league roster. Uh, they can always add Sandy Leon at some point. Uh, but getting into Lavastida, you know, like you said, there's there's a real chance that this guy can, you know, make his debut in 2022, uh, simply because, like you know, like you said, he's he's the only other one on the the 40 man with with Austin Hedges, uh, hit 289 uh, with the with the th- uh, 380 slug, uh, sorry, 380 on base and 456. Uh, slug percentage in, in 84 games last year uh, made it all the way up to to AAA briefly at the end of uh, the season and like we said he, he did so on the strength of his bat it's not uh, you know he's sort of a work in progress behind the plate yeah definitely he uh, you know he went you know he, he played at three different levels last season which is pretty you know a, you know a good accomplishment you know he started at a ball in Lake County hit 303. And like you said, went to Akron at 291, uh, was up for uh, uh, at AAA for seven games where he hit 158. And then he went back down and, uh, you know, played for Akron in the postseason and hit 500 in uh, uh, six for 12 with a homer and, and four, four RBIs in three games when Akron won the, uh, the Northeast, uh, uh, you know, playoff championship. He's the number 13 prospect, uh, according to MLB Pipeline, uh, in the Cleveland organization. Uh, but yeah, that that playoff experience had to be good for him, too. Uh, I got to imagine that that he's a guy that, you know, they're sort of keeping an eye on uh, in, in terms of uh, maybe like a, a fast track. Uh, what does it mean for other catchers in the system, uh, chiefly uh, Bo Naylor, who was a, a top prospect? Uh, I'm sorry, a top pick a few years back. Yeah, you know, Naylor uh, got off to a slow start and really never recovered, Joe, at Akron this year. But I think, you know, he was 21. He's probably playing, you know, maybe a, you know, a little higher than he sh- may have been, you know, getting tested there. 
you know, uh, uh, he still handled the staff well and threw well. Um, you know, and I think, you know, he's probably, you know, more of a finished catcher behind the plate than Lavastida. Lavastida, you know, still has some work to do. He's, he's, as a pro, he's only caught like 108, made 118 starts at catcher. He's got 19 errors back there, 20 pass balls. And he's still, he's thrown out about 30% of the, the, you know, the runners he's faced. So, you know, I think he's, that shows you he's got some arm strength, but I think he probably still has some, you know, polishing to do, some finishing to do on calling the game and handling the staff and controlling the running game. Well, and the nice thing, uh, you know, if his bat does get him to the majors faster, uh, if he if he does uh, wind up having to, to, to sit on the bench and, and work there, uh, Sandy Alomar is is with the major league staff and he works with the catchers and we've seen what what Sandy Alomar can do uh, turning catchers who are already pretty decent catchers in the first place into gold glove guys uh, in terms of Roberto Perez. Uh, the the opportunity to maybe work with Sandy Alomar is, it has to be something that, you know, might get Lavastida uh, consideration to, to move up uh, faster than maybe he, he would normally. Yeah, I mean, you couldn't ask for a better teacher. I mean, Sandy, you know, worked, uh, I think, what, they have five different catchers last season. So, you know, he, he worked with a lot of different guys, a lot of veterans, a lot of younger guys. You know, he's a six-time All-Star, a gold glove, you know, uh, winner at catcher. You know, he, he probably knows more about catching than half the people in baseball have forgotten. So, uh, you know, this, that's pretty good, uh, you know, a pretty good uh, a teacher a pretty good guy to, uh, you know, soak up some knowledge from. Uh, John Paul Gonzalez. Remember the, uh, remember the name, John Paul Gonzalez. Among the, what, five different guys they had rotate through uh, with Ryan LaVarnway and Wilson Ramos, Rene Rivera. Uh, John Paul Gonzalez was actually up with the club. Did he ever, did he ever get in a game? I don't remember if he ever got in a game. No, he never got in a game. I think he was there for like two days. And uh, then they uh, signed, I think they brought Lavarnway back and, right. uh, and he was gone. And, uh, and I think he's a, he's a minor league free agent now. So he, you know, his, his time in the spotlight was, was short lived. Yeah. There, there might've been a, a COVID situation that had delayed uh, Lavarnway coming back up to the, to the major league roster. I think that was uh, what the situation was. So, Hey, you never know. <laughs> keep his number on file because the way things are going with the, uh, the COVID situation right now, uh, you, you might need a lot of catchers at some point. Who knows? You're not kidding, Joe. I mean, uh, God, it's just, it's all over professional sports. It's all over the, the world, really the country. It's, 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 it just never stops, man. Right. Yeah. It's uh, it's been a tough situation and anybody who's uh, making time to watch the Browns game this weekend uh, certainly understands what the, uh, what that situation involves with eight guys going on the list yesterday, uh, hoping they get to play at some point. Uh, let's go ahead and jump into some questions uh, from subtext. Uh, we, we asked our subtext uh, subscribers, if they had anything to ask us. And, and really we, we gotta, we gotta start opening this up. Hoinsey. This is going to have to, to be more than just baseball because there's not a lot to ask about, uh, you know, the majors going on right now. Uh, we're going to, we're going to ask, have to, you know, have it range from favorite Christmas presents to, uh, <laughs> you know, what kind of music you listen. Uh, the, uh, the, the Jimi Hendrix post on Twitter the other day, what was that? Uh, 
it was your it, somebody asked what your favorite Jimi Hendrix post was. Yeah, yeah. So well, I just saw some random tweet saying favorite Jimi Hendrix song. So I, you know, I had to, I had to fire off a couple. <laughs> well, the, the correct answer is manic depression, and everything else is is after that, right? <laughs> That's, That's right. manic depression is like the. It's a great song. I, I love Jimi Hendrix. Love uh, and Hey Joe. How do you not? Come on, Hey Joe. Everybody's done Hey Joe, man. Oh, okay. Yeah. If, <laughs> if they play Hey Joe on uh, on on 104.1, then uh, then yeah, it's uh, it, it's too too common, I guess. All right. Uh, this question from Eric in Middletown: uh, Do you have a problem writing about the Guardians and not the Indians? So I guess uh, I guess we could we can always fill time uh, answering the, the the new mascot question. Uh, I guess. But uh, yeah, my uh, my position on this matter is is pretty clear and, and plain. It has been from the beginning. I don't have a problem writing about Guardians. Uh, I enjoyed writing about the Indians. Uh, the Indians are in the past. The Guardians are now the future. It's uh, pretty easy to to just shift and and move forward. I guess the only and you've heard it a million times on this podcast. I'll still slip up and and say Indians once in a while, but. Uh, it's getting easier. I think by the time spring training opens, it'll be a lot easier. Yeah, I agree with you, Joe. I, I, I find it difficult when you go back in the past and re, you're referring to, you know, players that played, you know, two or three years ago. Did they play for the Guardians or did they play for the Indians? And, and so I've been just throwing Cleveland in there for for the time being. It, it's weird. Well, it's it's pretty simple right now. Nobody's played for the Guardians yet, so yeah. Uh, as, as of right now, it's real easy. Uh, everybody's a, a an, an ex Indians player uh, as of right now. Uh, Pat Grichik uh, wants to know: With MLB on hold for now, is it easier to do your job reporting or harder to write stories with few sources? Uh, can you take a vacation now? Well, I guess you could take a vacation, but it's, it's definitely, you know, it's, it's so strange. I mean, people want, you know, uh, with, uh, you know, with, with the guardians, you know, they can't say anything. They can't, they can't say anything about anything. And it's, it's tough to, uh, you know, find people to talk to on or off the record. So, uh, you know, yeah, it's tougher to do your job now. And uh, until the, these negotiations start up again, there's really everything is kind of just kind of sitting in limbo. Yeah, uh, the Guardians have from the front office have, have told us, you know, don't expect to be able to talk to coaches or or anybody in the organization. And that that's for legal reasons. And I, I totally understand that. But but you and I have talked about how it's kind of weird. You can't ask, uh, you know, the new hitting coach, Chris Valeka, you know, about building a, a hitting program. He doesn't have to mention any players specifically, but uh, you know how you go about building a hitting program. That that would be something interesting, and uh, they're not we're not allowed to have access to them unless it's on a very specific and very limited scope. And even then, it's it's really hard to to sort of get those those sources. Uh, you know, over the years, we I've built up a few uh, contact numbers of players in in my phone. I, I could. I can always shoot off a text, but I don't expect to get any responses from players because I'm sure that on the, the players association side of things, uh, they're being told the exact same thing. Well, I think the players can talk. I mean, I, I, I don't think, uh, I don't think they've been encouraged to talk, you know, but I think they haven't been, you know, they haven't received an edict from, uh, from on high that, you know, silence is golden. 
Right. And, you know, there are things that the players are involved in, like their charitable works and and those sort of things that maybe they want to be able to get some publicity for. Uh, I know Austin Hedges does uh, a lot of work with, uh, you know, water uh, for for villages in Africa and, and things like that. Uh, so, you know, there might be something there where we can reach out and, and have a conversation. Uh, I know I've got uh, Charlie Hedges number and I know Charlie listens once in a while. So uh, maybe uh, maybe maybe I might be calling Charlie up for for some scoop uh, here uh, in, in a little while uh, just to get uh, just to hear somebody else's voice, maybe uh, Charlie uh, Austin's dad. Uh, but yeah, it's <laughs> the well is the well is pretty dry right now. And until something, uh, you know, breaks loose, it's it's going to be tough. Uh, we saw I, I have in uh, in here we, you were talking about uh, Jay Bell in the uh, in the subtext. Um, uh, you know you'd sent out some information about him. Uh, what do you remember about covering Jay Bell with the with the Indians? Yeah, Jay Bell. You know I remember you know it was his birthday a couple of days ago, and uh, uh, I remember him making his big league debut. He was playing in the Florida Instructional League. This is when the Indians trained in uh, Florida in September. They needed a, you know, they called them up. Uh, there was an injury or something. And uh, I think Hargrove, Mike Hargrove was a coach uh, down in the Florida Instructional League. And, and he knew he was going to be facing Burt Blylevin with the Twins at the old Metrodome. And he said, he told, he told Bell, uh, Blylevin, first pitch is always a strike. You'd be ready for his first pitch because he's going to throw it right over the middle. So <laughs> Jay Bell comes up there, and in his first at bat, first big league pitch, he sees he hits a home run off Blylevin. And the the year before, Blylevin and Bell had been traded for each other. So it was <laughs> it was really interesting. And uh, you know Jay, you know Jay, just a nice guy, great guy. Uh, won a World Series with Arizona, and. Uh, he, you know, they tried to play him at shortstop in Cleveland, and for for whatever reason, uh, Doc Edwards and Hank Peters didn't think he had the range to play short, and uh, that's why they traded him. They traded him for Felix Fermin to Pittsburgh, and Jay went on to have you know become a Gold Glove shortstop, played over I think over a thousand games at short, and uh, you know just had a great career. And Felix could play short, but he couldn't hit. Yeah, that was that was the major drawback, but. Hey, eventually they flipped Felix Fermin for Omar Vizquel, and and that sort of worked out for the Indian the Indians at the time, I I guess. Uh, yeah, I remember Jay Bell. I, I remember being real excited about Jay Bell when he hit that home run, and then uh, you know not much after that uh, in, in terms of his 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 stint in Cleveland, but uh, a lot of fun to 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 sort of remember and and look back to him. Uh, yeah, that's uh, that's going to do it for uh, today's podcast. Uh, today's episode of the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast brought to you by the letter. Uh, who knows? Uh, we will be back tomorrow. Uh, another prospect on the Indians 40 man roster to break down. And Hoinsey will. Uh, wait a minute. Hoinsey's going to a basketball game tonight. <laughs> we got to dust off the uh, we got to dust off the NBA rule rule book. Hoinsey will be. Uh, covering the Cavs, pinch hitting for Chris Fedor as Fedor's on maternity leave, or I guess paternity leave would be the, the appropriate thing, right? Uh, he's, he's at home with his newborn son, uh, so glad to help Chris out with covering the Cavs. And hey, 
Cavs, Cavs are fun to watch now. Uh, a lot of you're going to have a good time at the at the at the arena tonight. The Cavs are rolling. I'm just <laughs> I haven't seen I haven't covered a basketball game in a long time. This could be a dangerous situation right now. Have, have you ever covered an NBA game? Yeah, yeah, I, I covered uh, you know I've covered some Cavs games. Uh, I covered when the, this was like a million years ago when the Cavs uh, trained we know, at Lake, we know at Lakeland Hoinsey. Community College. And uh, we know Bill Hoinsey. Fitch was a man, uh, was a coach. We know that your career stretches back a million years. We know that. <laughs> but but you got to cover Bill Fitch. Yeah, Bill Fitch and Luke Whitty, I think, was the center. I'm, I'm for, <laughs> oh, oh, man. Yeah. I can't I can't wait to read this game story. This is going to be great. <laughs> All right, Paul. Uh, have fun at the arena tonight. We'll talk to you again tomorrow here on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. All right, Joe. 